Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With us uh, from Washington and uh, associated with The Washington Post is Matthew Capucci. He's a meteorologist and member of the Capital Weather Gang. And Mr. Capucci wrote that piece in The Post about Hurricane Dorian spinning up a slew of tornadoes. Matthew, thank you very much uh, for the time. Can I, first of all, get a perspective from you on Dorian as it's left devastation in its wake in the Bahamas and is making its way north? Dorian is really a hurricane for the record books. We've had four consecutive years with Category 5 in the Atlantic. What I've never seen before is a Category 5 park and sit and spin away for so long within the Bahamas. There are some places in the island of Dorian for 25 hours, 22 minutes. I looked at all the radar data, and there was one place called, uh, I think it was Flamico Bay, that literally just sat there for an extended period of time. And I can't imagine getting those conditions for one hour, two hours, but 25 hours is just absurd. Now, your post article is on the water spouts and the tornadoes being generated by Dorian. And I'd never heard about this, uh, but I'm fascinated by what you wrote. And in the article, in part, you write, hurricane-spawned tornadoes are the worst of both worlds. What's going on? Yeah, so hurricanes are bad enough. No one wants to be in a hurricane. But then when you're in a hurricane, you're between rain bands and suddenly have to worry about the threat of tornadoes. It's just adding insult to injury. And what happens when a hurricane comes ashore or any tropical storm the winds near the ground slow down because they're bumping into trees, buildings. It's kind of a frictional layer near the ground. We call that the Ekman layer. But above it, the winds just keep going. There's nothing to slow them down. So you get this change of wind speed and wind direction with height, and that induces this rotational force that any tiny thunderstorms in those rain bands will start to feel. And eventually you'll have those storms rotate, and any of them can drop tornadoes very quickly, erratically, and out of the blue. And it's a water spout if it's over the over the ocean or over the water, and it's a tornado if, if it's over land. Correct, Correct. exactly. Sometimes okay. with these systems, you have the water spouts come ashore, at which point they become tornadoes. And oftentimes in the summertime, we'll get these little fair-weather water spouts that will spin up. But these were true tornadic water spouts forming the same way as tornadoes. They just have to be over water, but many of them came ashore. Are they numerous? They're They're pretty numerous. I think this system had about... I want to say a dozen or so, but there have been some in the past. Hurricane Ivan in 2004, for instance, dropped 117 tornadoes. A couple of weeks later, there was another system that dropped about 115. And then back in 1967, Hurricane Beulah down in Texas dropped 105. Now, does the force or the designation or the designated level of the tornado, or the hurricane rather, affect the accompanying tornado danger. So will a Cat 1 hurricane be as dangerous as a Cat 3 as far as tornado spawning is concerned? That's a really good question. And to be honest, I don't think there's much research into that. What I will say is that sometimes when you have winds that are just so insanely strong, like with a Category 3 or better, it's almost tough to spin up the tornadoes because they kind of like be sheared apart, dissolved apart in the incredibly quickly moving rain bands. You still get them, but it's almost easier for the more diffuse rain bands spread farther away from the center, as you see with Category 1 storms, tropical storms, to be able to have the isolated updrafts to spin up these tornadoes. So to be honest, I'd actually think the weaker hurricanes would cause more tornadoes, but stronger hurricanes have much more destructive winds and smaller-scale tornadoes as well in the eyewall. So as far as Dorian is concerned, and we've all seen uh, the footage, that the destruction in the Bahamas and 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 are absolutely uh, you know in, is feeling such uh, tremendous um, pain for the people uh, of yeah. the Bahamas who have just had their lives upended, destroyed. That many have died, 
And the, the word is that there are going to be, we'll hear about more, many more deaths over the next days or weeks. So is Dorian an outlier or is Dorian a precursor of things to come? Well, it, it sounds like we're trying to fit Dorian into climate change. And what I will say is it's impossible to connect a single event to climate change. We can say that certain things are becoming more likely due to climate change, but I'm reluctant to say it was caused by it. Now, looking at the overall trend, we're not seeing an increased number of hurricanes in the Atlantic in general. No real trend there. What we're seeing, though, and while we're showing this as well going in the future, there's a better chance that those that form will be a little bit larger, a little bit wetter, and significantly stronger going forward. So there's that. We're also seeing a tendency for storms to stall more, as Dorian did, and there's a better chance storms in the future will undergo rapid intensification, so increasing about 60 kilometers per hour, roughly, in 24 hours. And so the more that we look at variables like that, it paints a picture of a potentially more destructive future. It just ultimately comes down to a single storm, though. Will this be the storm? They're favored to be stronger. They're favored to be more significant. But where it hits is ultimately determinant of how bad it gets. Yeah, and a Cat 1 can do tremendous damage as well, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Harvey was a, I think, a Category 1 to tropical storm when it hit Houston. But it sat there for days. Right. Fun. It wasn't the rain. I mean, it wasn't the wind. It was just the rain and the flooding that really got Houston. And one thing I will say, for each degree Celsius we increase in terms of global warming, the atmosphere can hold 7% more water. So all of a sudden, if we increase in temperature, which we have been and will continue to do so, the storms are going to become much more wet, and that will lead to more rainfall, more flooding, and that's my number one concern. Let me ask you one more quick question, uh, Matthew. Sure. What is it that causes them to, 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 to just sit somewhere for as long as Dorian sat over the Bahamas and sat on the, out on the ocean? What, what, what makes them essentially static? Yeah, so sometimes we have a tug of war with hurricanes where different weather systems will be competing to steer it. This time, no one really showed up to the party. No one wanted to pick up Dorian. There was a high-pressure ridge over Bermuda pushing Dorian west and a trough over the Ohio Valley that was eventually going to scoop Dorian up the coast. But Dorian just sat between the two weather systems for a while. There was nothing to really get it to move along. And to be honest, hurricanes are lazy. If they don't have to do something, they're not going to do it. And so with Dorian, until that weather system over Ohio moved close enough to scoop it up the coast, Dorian just sat and had nothing to latch onto. Appreciate the time, Matthew. Thank you very much. Good talking to you. Sure, thank you. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Matthew Capucci of the Weather Gang. He's associated with the Washington Post. Wrote that column on uh, Hurricane Dorian spinning up a slew of tornadoes. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.